Are you someone who's forever curious about personal development and always looking to listen, read, learn and seek out what might work for you? Life is one long, windy road that we know takes teamwork. It can be tough to navigate alone, even when you're pretty good at self-coaching. So we're here to discuss all things coaching and self-development in the hope that we get to be part of your team, supporting you to enjoy your journey. In this episode, Alex and Jen discuss all things communication, what it is, the different types, the importance of communication, and of course, some top tips on how to communicate effectively. Welcome to Coffee and Coaching. Other hot drinks are available, so grab one, sit back and listen. Hello. Hello. Oh, there we go. Sorry. For some reason, when I plug in my microphone, it automatically defaults to the microphone as the speaker as well. I see. <sighs> Technology. Technology. That's not going to help us communicate, is it? <laughs> Just terrible. Make sure you edit that out. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Here we are. One-liners, puns. <laughs> Happy hey, jokes. I'm just grateful yeah. podcasting means I don't have to do my hair. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode five of Coffee and Coaching with myself, Alex Manos, and my Jen Nichols. Oh look! <laughs> oh, I jumped ahead. Oh, I know. Well, do you know what? I, I don't think you really say that, and I, and then you jumped right ahead. Yeah. I was scared you're going to leave a big gap again, and I was going to go, oh, oh, Jen. <laughs> and my co-host <laughs> oh jen <laughs> jen <laughs> here's us we've gone from really professional last week with a you know a top quality guest to we have we, we have we've, we've gone from brilliant from brilliant communication to now <laughs> awful and well timely because we're going to talk about communication today oh that was smooth 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 we are going to talk all things communication yeah. and I don't know how we're going to fit this into about half an hour, but we somehow are. Yep. We will, I'm sure, scratch the surface. But let's dive in. What do you got? What do you got in your mug? Um, yep, coffee. My second and final coffee tea. of the day. You? Yep. Tea, tea here. Tea, Earl Grey. Oh. Yeah. Standard-ish. Very nice. Now, uh, you, you, well, you didn't, you didn't tell me what it was, but you have pre-warned me that there's, there's a question coming up for me so i don't know Ooh. is that is it a first half question or no you... no it'll, okay. it'll, it'll come at some okay, point come. okay i'll feed it in well, let's um do we need to define what communication is um yeah why not okay um i think we can put it into the context of coaching can't we um mm -hmm. i mean obviously communication is a massive part of the coaching relationship We've chatted about that before. Um, and we as coaches are taught about things like, you know, clean language and effective questioning and that kind of global listening and doing more listening than anything else, which I think is I think that's I think that's part of communication that people often forget about. So it's kind of worth mentioning it because of that, isn't it? Um, I think, I think yeah. listening as, as a communication method is um, underrated and often forgotten. Unbelievable. So it, uh, one of my favorite quotes is by philosopher Epictetus, who said, nature hath given man one tongue and two ears, so he mm. can listen more than he can. He can yeah. listen to it as much as he can talk. And I think that's just very true. Um, 
Well, why don't we talk about this? So we've, we've spoken a little bit about communication, parts of communication, but essentially mm-hmm. it's it's two things, right? It's the giving and receiving information, whether that's verbal, nonverbal, contacts, non-contact, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If you just break it down into that, it is that it's somebody's giving, somebody's receiving. Um, you touched on... I was going to say, hopefully it's a balanced reciprocal exchange as well. I mean, that's effective <laughs> communication, isn't it? The balance. Yeah, it is. You touched on listening, and you can't talk about communication without talking about listening. Mm. And there's lots of, well, there's not lots, but there's a few models of listening, isn't there, and, and layers of listening, and they talk about active listening, deep listening, you know, the sort of pyramid scheme mm. of, of listening and, and the deeper it gets. But why, why do people find it so hard to listen, do you think? Because we don't feel heard. <laughs> I think I think yeah I do I think it comes from a place of not feeling heard um which will feed into my question to you in a second but <laughs> I, I think I think we spend too much time absorbing everything and taking everything in and being told what to do and whether that's at home or work or life or whatever um without the chance to just say just just say like actually no I don't agree with this or this is how I feel about it or I mean, how often does somebody sit down, you know, unless you're sat with a coach um, who really, really actually listens to you? I was reading an article the other day about about kids and obviously the sort of, you know, the state of things at the minute and how we've all been a bit mocked up by the pandemic and lockdown and stuff. And one of the biggest things that, that kids were sort of anxious about was just not being heard. Mm. Like, like they they just want to be heard about how they're feeling and what's happening and, and you know, because everything's just dictated to you as a kid, isn't it? Mostly. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, because we're just not heard enough. I don't know how you so what that. you're saying. Yeah, so what you're saying is because we're not heard enough, mm. we then speak too much to be heard so that we yeah. lose the listening part of it, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's a quick, that's a, that's a oh, God, I'm going to ask you my question now then. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it in <laughs> okay. now. On, so given that that's what I think about it, how do you feel heard? How do I feel heard? Good question. You did say it was going to be a good question. How do I feel heard? Okay. One of my... One of my pet hates is being interrupted. And I feel that when that happens, it's, I mean, it's very simple to look at it. I, I, it just doesn't give me an opportunity to express what I want. Now, I've got to say, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in my life in terms of I have a lot of people now where, where I feel heard. I'm actually going to flip on its set, on, on its head. And the times when I felt I wasn't being heard in my life, I would probably say 80% of that was me not having the courage to speak about what I wanted to be heard for. Mm. It wasn't that it wasn't the other person. I mean, there, there were perhaps some people in my life that I felt didn't truly listen on the sound, but actually to be fair, 
I was not open enough and, and as open I am now to give that declaration of actually what is it I want you to be listening to me about. So I'd really take ownership of that. And it was really hard to to understand that because with open communication, with honest communication, comes a huge amount of vulnerability. And with that, you can't, it's very hard to be vulnerable with a person that you don't explicitly trust will hear you, like you're saying. Mm. So certainly in the last couple of years where I've it's invested more time and energy into, into having been coached as well, just the value of someone sitting still, and it's not an easy skill. You know, we, we do it a lot. It's not an easy skill. And just let you have a bit of a rant, a bit of a vent, um, pick up on one or two things. And what I really, really value, and what I try and value in my own practice, is when people remember things that are important to you and they sort of come back, you know, two or three weeks later or even a couple of months later and they go, hey, remember this? And you're like, whoa, mm. like how, how did you catch that? And that only that only comes from listening and potentially, mm. you know, jotting things down or just, and, and it's a skill, you know, it is a practice. Yeah. Can I flip it to you? How do I feel heard? Oh, I said this the other day and in, in yelling about something, <laughs> my um, slightly violent methods of communication with my children. <laughs> um, in the, I, I, actually did, I actually did say out loud, I don't feel heard. Okay. Um, but then I think you have to set up the scenario to be for that balance of communication, don't you? You mm. have to set up. So I'm not surprised they don't listen to me when all I do is nag. Or, you know, that I come across as that all I, all I do is nag. So um, I'm guilty of not communicating effectively enough with my kids, particularly at the minute. Um, but I think, just touch on what you said, you, I don't think people feel heard because, oh, we're all so bothered about ourselves, aren't we? We're all so bothered about the stuff that's going on in our heads. Um, and we don't we don't stop to listen because we're just trying to figure out, you know, what's going on in our heads, aren't we, in our own lives? Um, a lot of the time I think we're so consumed with ourselves and oh just all the you know the external influences that are going on our phones are you know whatever um, I think we also don't we don't stop to pay attention so somebody might unintentionally interrupt somebody like you because they're not watching your thinking about something and actually the pause, you know, you, can, you know, when you watch somebody, you can see it ticking over in their brain. Mm -hmm. you go, okay. I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to say anything because I know something's coming next. I don't think we pay attention enough to each other um, to understand how to communicate effectively, you know, to really show that you are listening. Um, and they I mean, they're effective communication techniques that we get to on aren't they? And that sort of paying mm -hmm. attention, show you listening um feedback to sh to demonstrate that you're listening so oh, okay yeah i hear you um or you know can you explain that a bit more or like we don't tie don't take the time to really understand do we the ha like how to communicate with that person in front of us we don't and we you know having spent you know and you spent how many years in in education having spent sort of 20 years in front of patients day in day out and, and clients you i've certainly changed when, when you get, and when you start to get better at doing something you, you, there's your, your ego goes up doesn't it your confidence goes up mm. so you kind of think right let 
let me show them how much I know rather than I'd actually like to find out a little bit more about how much you know, because that could really help me in, in, my, uh, in my service I'm going to give to you. So I've certainly done that more so. And I think people who, I guess there's an element of trusting yourself to be quiet and mm. to make sure you catch the important things that the other person is saying rather than sort of dwarf that and uh, or drown that out and make sure that you get everything that you know out to be seen, to be knowledgeable and make sure that your own viewpoint is given. Now, you touched upon sort of we live in our own heads and we're so concerned with external noise and stuff and then, then that makes it difficult. And I've had a couple of instances where clients have been so nervous about going out to a, a dinner or meeting new people and like, oh, I'm not really good at sort of social situations. I'm a bit more introverted, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to them, look, you realize that most people are probably having the same kind of sensation and this, a similar kind of feeling. Some might be a bit better than others because they're personality traits. But if you go in with the view that you're going to go to somewhere and you're going to be more interested in somebody else than you are in yourself, you'll soon make a better impression than, mm. than you would because it's a bit like that first date. You know, oh, what am I going to say? Am I going to say this? Should, should I do this? And if you spend time thinking, right, I'll focus on the other person more because that will actually take all the fuss and all the noise and all the um, worries about what I'm going to do off myself and just really focus on that. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to actually work really well. <laughs> also, if you were really listening to like you say to each other um you know we were also focused on trying to get out what we want to say if you were really listening to the person nobody asked for your opinion <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody asked for you to say all that nobody yeah. nobody like there's a massive assumption isn't there that we have to put in our two penneth that we have to say something that we have to contribute in some way um when actually like nobody asked you <laughs> <laughs> I think it is it's that shushing up that ego isn't it yeah, that urge, I, that urge to respond and butt in and just go, okay, step back, let's listen. Where's yeah, this and, going? And something which I found a, a, a change between uh, sort of the medical profession as a whole, physiotherapy, and, and coaching now is the the seeking of permission to come in with something, you know, and. Mm. Generally, look, you know, you go to someone and you ask for advice, you know, you go to someone that's a specialist and it, it is different, of course. You, you're waiting for them to give them your opinion and kind of advice on what to do. Coaching's not, it's a bit like that, but it's not quite like that. So, you know, the amount of times now where I would ask that question is like, is it okay if I give you my opinion on this? Like, would you like to hear mm. that? And most of the time it's yes, rather than like, this, this and this, this is what you ought to do. And, and question them a little bit more on, on what they've said you know how what made you say that how how come you're thinking that not just taking things at face value because you and i know that with the communication and what we do with clients is sometimes the thing that they're saying is not really the thing that's the main problem or the challenge that they've got so you're like how come how come how come so you, you dig mm. deep a little and that can only come if you've got space and you've given space up so you have to give space up in a conversation to allow you can't otherwise nothing gets done you can't have an argument with something, nothing ever gets resolved like that yeah. and whilst i'm on that there's a really nice little it's a simple simple tool 
that you can use either with your partner or with uh, sometimes in coaching, you can bring it in as a bit of a quirky thing to do is, is have a timed conversation. Okay, so let's say you've got something that you need to talk about with your partner. Maybe it's a challenging thing that you need to talk about. You sit there with a timer and, and the clients of mine have done this and you go, right, this is my three minutes. This is your three minutes. This is my three minutes. And there are strict agreements that no one gets in that three minutes. So even if you talk for a minute and you've got two minutes spare, that could be silence. Because I guarantee you in that space, you'll then go, oh, actually, I need to say this, this, and this. But you have really strict boundaries. And it's, it sounds a bit weird, right, to do that. But it's amazing what you'll probably uncover, just having that. Uh, I'm not saying you have to do it all the time, but if you're struggling to communicate something and you want that level of being heard and being listened to, create something like that. I might try that with my teenage son. Yeah, why not? I, I did have, yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, I might try that. I'll be I'll be making notes in the silence. <laughs> right, this is this is what I need to say. But I, you still, I think part of that you still have to. I think even in even in those silent moments, if nobody's got something to say, you still have to stop yourself from thinking about what you're going to say next. Like like mm. you really have to sit and listen in those three minutes, don't you? Um, to what the other person's saying, um, and then like you say in those silent, if there were any silent moments, to listen to just listen to what's going on in, on in your head because we I think we're better at critical thinking than than people give themselves credit for as well and if you sit and listen in the in the silence I mean you know say it in coaching don't you sit sit in silence the meditation and mindfulness practices and stuff like that and the answers come to you um so yeah I'll I'll add to that with the um the kind of non-violent communication as well that that is about observing without judging um and listen you know like kind of listening without judging but being able to express and communicate your feelings and sort of clarify what you really need in those moments and then and, and specifically request so it's you know instead of going in with something like um oh you never you never listen you're always so distracted or whatever it's you know sort of going in quite aggressively you could just you could turn that around and go, okay. Um, I noticed you're on your phone today when we were in the meeting or, or trying to trying to talk about something. Um, you know, when, when you do that, I feel I feel a bit ignored. What's distracting you? And it's about it is about that digging deeper, isn't it? So rather than going in, going, oh, you never listen to me. You're always on your phone. Um, going that a little bit deeper, isn't it? And go, okay, well, what, what was distracting you? Why did you feel you needed to be on your phone? And that then opens up the communication, doesn't it? Because maybe then they then go, actually, you know, I'm waiting for an email from somebody about yeah. something really important. Or, um, and it, it takes away that level of judgment because you you then have to take a step back and go, oh, okay, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be doing the same in that situation, maybe. But then you can come about a solution together as well. So, you know, you can then go, okay, so shall we promise next time that when we're trying to discuss something to do with the kids, we both put our phones on the table or, um, you know, we don't take our phones into the meeting or, you know, whatever it is, or let, you know, let me know before we start talking that you are sort of waiting for something important. So you can, it just, it stops that level of aggression, doesn't it? That level of judgment. It does. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you, made that example of because of, there's a couple of things there which nicely lead into into this bit is when you make such statements as you said uh, there's two there's two things that you that you did there one was you made a generalized sweeping statement which 
sounded like you had so you said you ne- you know you never you always and very mm-hmm. rarely is that the case so in in that heat of the moment where you are communicating it's very easy to be non-specific and non-specific communication can really be the start of an argument because it can start to lead to un uh so what's the word it's um unfair generalizations basically yeah. Yeah. and when you say you know when you start something with you it's you've already started in a it's not aggressive but it, it will immediately put the other person on the defensive because you've attacked them you're saying right you've done something yeah. and you know you brought in the, the word feeling and there's a, another little tool which I often give people to say is you know the xyz rule so I I feel this about when this happens and I'd like this to happen in the future so you could say look Mm. when you did this on Thursday night um, it made me feel not heard not listened to and I would like in the future for us to come up with a better solution for that now Mm. that does require a, a certainly a degree of emotional intelligence and communication a degree of vulnerability to go I didn't like that and I want to change something about it. So you've got to own that thing rather than, hey, you know, when you, when you always do this when we're at dinner, you never do this, you never clean the dishes, this, mm-hmm. this, and this. It just doesn't, that's not going to achieve anything. And it will also make the other person potentially think that, oh God, do I always do that? Oh, no, that's not, it's not your, 100% your responsibility that because they should reflect and go, that's not actually true i'm going to call you out on that i've done it i I sometimes do that but Mm. if you have the awareness to go do you know what sometimes when this happens it makes me feel like this and i'd like to change that so what are we going to do about it yeah you're always better i mean we talk as teachers you're always better to um comment on the behavior and don't attribute don't attribute it to the to the person's self so it's not it's not you you know, you, you know, you're behaving like an idiot. It's not, not you are an idiot. No, yeah, you're behaving no. like one. I, I, you know, you, you don't normally do that. You know, it's that mm. kind of, and it's so yeah, commenting on the behaviour so that they can kind of look at it. Just give the an opportunity for self awareness, doesn't it? To sit sit there and go, oh, actually, yeah. You know, the other person can then go, oh, that doesn't quite align with my values. Mm. Actually, no, that really isn't me. I wonder what's going on um so yeah i think it's always a always appropriate to to not not target them um but to just mention their behavior maybe or maybe the way they've said something um and that that's not really like you um but yeah yeah there's loads yeah. of things to pick out of all there this, is. it's literally just started blowing a blizzard <laughs> around the she shed oh, nice. <laughs> <Crazy>. anyway <laughs> um Dare we jump on the bandwagon? Oh, the old Will Smith scenario, yeah. <laughs> well, that is what gave us the idea for the for the topic, wasn't it? Communication. It is. Um, it is. Specifically kind of non-violent communication. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's quite, it's an interesting one. What do you make of it? What do I make of it? Um, I'm going to try and, let me try and relate it to this conversation mm-hmm. because otherwise I'll, we'll I'll go off on and on and on. Yeah, I'll go on <laughs> and on. I I think it's a classic example of, well, I was going to say reactiveness versus observing. And actually, it, it, although, I, although it was reactive, it wasn't as reactive as it 
So he had time, basically. Mm. My, my, my interpretation is that Will, Will had time between where he was hitting, where he was sitting, <laughs> and then where he ended up to sort of reflect on what he was doing. So it's very different to say, you know, say you're walking down the street and somebody is a threat and you have to really instinctively do something, whether it's verbal or, or nonverbal, mm. you know, whatever that situation may be. And there was a level of uh, judgment that he made is like, right, I, I need to do this. It wasn't a boom, right, just done this. So I, I for someone who I guess so the commu the communication basically okay I don't think what he wanted to do was communicated effectively because I don't think it achieved anything so whatever he was feeling inside, which we can't delve into now because we don't know the, the you know the ins and outs of their relationship. We we know what's happened in the past with affairs and open marriages and all that kind of stuff, but it's not for us to discuss. Whatever he was wanting to communicate to, and again, I'm going to be potentially controversial, to Chris Rock, and I don't think the slap was intended for Chris Rock, but that's a deeper philosophical question probably. Whatever he wanted to communicate internally came out in a split second in terms of the slap. So one could say that there's been no effective communication there for Will Smith himself. So he's not communicated until afterwards what the issue was. And even then, he's not really communicated what the problem was. All he said was, keep your da-da-da. So... There's no context to what he did. Everyone else now is trying to analyze what the context is. Yeah. Now, had he got up and said, accepted his award, sat there and gone, hey, Chris, this, this, and this, you know my wife's been struggling. And Chris Rock says that he doesn't know his wife has been struggling with alopecia. It was a joke about her looking like, you know, G.I. Jane and et cetera. We will never know. And actually made some substance to his feelings, or at least his wife's feelings, potentially, that he was absorbing and then communicating in the way that he did. So it, I, for me, it's a classic example of non-effective communication, which has not achieved anything other than, you know, get him a, getting him in a bit of trouble and, and people talking about it, like us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But certainly, certainly... Mm -hmm. um cracked the veneer of celebrity hasn't it to air is human <laughs> yeah what was, um, your, what was your take on it i've read his book so i i know that he's um he talked about um his dad abusing physically abusing his mum mm. um so part of me is kind of like it's some kind of trauma response isn't it whether that's a big trauma to him or, or whatever mm. um and it's a, a, a sort of continuation of miscommunication, isn't it? Um, I'd, yeah, that kind of my layman's psychotherapy take on it <laughs> is that he was standing up for his mum in that moment He or he wasn't able to. Mm. He talked mm. about not being able to, like he didn't react in the moment when his mum was being beaten up mm -hmm. and therefore there was a moment there to protect his um, wife mm. and, and he took it. He It was a... It was a you know, a little kid reaction, wasn't it, to mm. something he hadn't done before, and there was his moment to to do it. Um, yeah, that's my uh, 
Yeah, I didn't know that. So that that does yeah, certainly add a layer of of yeah. psychoanalysis, which I think is fair enough. Whether it was for her or whether or not it was for you know, it gives the a reason, that... but it doesn't give any. There's no excuse for um, no. that kind of behaviour. I don't think. Um, no. But yeah. I found it. I found it interesting that he's then said. Um, I've written it down here in my notes. Is it's a it's a bit of a by the by here, but the comment love makes you do crazy things i thought it's mm -hmm. an interesting i know and everyone you know we've all heard people that say that you know oh love made me do it and he was yeah. and it, it it doesn't actually that's that's i don't think that's the right thing to say it doesn't make any sense um pain makes you do silly things and pain makes you do crazy stuff and unhealed trauma makes you do silly stuff but love if you define love as it ought to be defined healthy love it it's a positive it. communicator, isn't it? Is uh -huh. that, is, it is yeah. a positive communicator. Exactly. Um, but I guess, you know, I don't want to pick on his words in an emotional, uh, heartfelt kind of speech that he made on, on getting the officers with, with what had just happened as well. But it's easy to it's easy to make a statement like that and sort of hide yeah. behind it. And, and I think sometimes you need to call that out because... We've, we've digressed a little bit you, you know you mentioned abuse and that type of communication and people who hide behind that and say well you know I'd, I'd love them so much but i do this it's like well that, that doesn't make sense actually so i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out and contradict you on what you've communicated in there because your actions mm -hmm. don't marry your you know the verbs go on i've got another question for you then just before we finish um so okay so why why is it important to be a good communicator then Well, I've, I've stumped you today a couple of times, haven't I? Blimey, I'm going to have to edit these pauses out. I feel out. like I'm being coached. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't ask a why question. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. What does it mean what, to you it, to be a yeah, good yeah, communicator? Okay. Why is it important to... Well, I think without it, we can't learn. Maybe that's the, the easiest mm. answer I can come up with. We We... You know, how, how can we learn from other people? How can we learn from something we're listening to without, you know, distractions? How can we fully be present and be all in with... And so I, I, I'm going to talk about the maybe the listening part of it more. So how can we really find out what's going on within ourselves and within other people if we're not fully present at that part of it? Um, so I think... Yeah, I think I think the opportunity for learning and an exploration of what people are thinking and feeling and what they can offer you and what you can offer them is is the most important reason to be a good community a, a good communicator. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think we should all listen a bit more. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's open it's um questions. open ended questions. I was listening mm. to something this morning and Closed, closed questions. Closed questions to politicians are great because they never give a closed answer. It's, it's amazing how they do it. To be honest, uh, it, it, it's, it's a phenomenal skill. That's a phenomenal oh, communication yeah, skill in there. itself. Don't, don't wind me up. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody else's, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I'm speaking on the behalf of Rishi Sunak, yeah. who said this. Isn't, no, I'm asking your opinion. No, no. I'm, if I want Rishi's, I'll ask him. Uh, uh, well, the chances that okay. Okay. I don't know how they do it. They keep so composed sometimes. Some of the presenters seem very, very composed. Mm. Um, but so actually, that's an interesting point because there is a degree there of them not being vulnerable enough to give their opinion of terms of what may then happen, what the consequence is. Now, 
they're in the firing line, I guess. But um, yeah, going back to your question of why is it important to be a good communicator, so that you can show also the parts of yourselves that you kind of a little bit awkward about. You're a little bit like, oh, do, do I need to say that about myself? Do I? And yes, you do. If you if you want to be truly, truly authentic and be seen and be heard for who you are, you have to learn with the right people who you think will you be um, listened to and heard probably heard more than listened to um and be really open with that so there you go. honesty have to be honest you've got to be honest yeah mm. it'll be awkward you know it'll be tricky it'll be on it'll, it'll be a tricky transition sometimes between not saying what's on your mind what you truly believe and that kind of goes back to values and and there'll be a sticky period you know i probably had a couple of years where i was like oh should i shouldn't i do i do and then you i kind of found that people came into your life that would be okay with that more so and they would just be non-judgmental and be like oh, okay well that's alex that's what he does and that's what he thinks and oh. that's okay <laughs> but you think if you think about um why people leave people why people leave mm. jobs why people leave situations it's generally down to communication isn't it they say people don't leave organizations they leave managers um mm. it, everything just just everything we do is based on communication isn't it whether like you say whether it's writing public speaking um body language anything yeah yeah and i think having agreements you know having some really good agreements between whether it's your partner whether it's your client whether it's your children you know not not in a contract kind of way but in an agreement site you know i will make sure my best to ask you questions rather than talk and i will give you space and time to explore things and i want you to make sure that you always feel heard and listened to and if you don't you explicitly tell me that in a way which i can then address you don't say you never do this you speak to me you tell me hey this this and this isn't happening so everyone knows what what are what are, the, what are our rules around communication? What do we do and what do we not do? And if we fall outside those rules, what do we do to come back? So you're going to have a day when you're going to show your kids potentially. Okay, what what do we do if that happens? Well, we do this, this, and this. Mummy goes for a long walk <laughs> on her own. On her own. <laughs> yeah. No, the, to be fair, this has given me some some food for thought myself about the sort of levels of communication and. Um, what I can do better for definite. Mm, yeah. Definite. Yeah. Forever a work in progress, hey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, unquote, Mr. Smith. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah, same here. I, my, my default would have been go quiet, don't say anything, don't mm. sort of disrupt anything, um, which is really not healthy at all and didn't lead to good things, to be honest. Mm. Whereas now I'm just like, let's, let's jump on it. Um, let's deal with it <laughs> good excellent yeah there has to be a part there has to be a part two that we know we i know we say this with every single one that we've done so far but because we want to keep it short and sweet um we will dive into this and some some but we can talk about conflict management communication we can talk about tips for communicating we haven't really given some tips why it's so difficult you know what are the pitfalls what is good communication all that kind of stuff so I don't we'll, know. We'll we've, we've got a few in something. there about effective yeah. communication and non-verbal so yeah. sort of examples so yeah. yeah hopefully they'll be of use to some people cool perfect thanks jen and thank you. thank you listeners we shall see you um we'll speak to you in a week in the next episode mm. yeah take care happy coaching thanks jen bye
Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or you could leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from Alex and Jen, head over to Instagram, follow at Alex Manos Coaching for Alex and at The Direction Coach for Jen. Thanks once again, and we'll see you next time.